Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, um, in a few minutes, I'm going to invite uh, Pastor Julius. He will be preaching the word, but uh, he has asked that we sing a song. So it's going to be uh, Count Your Blessings. Name them one by one. You can find that. We're going to do that. And then, how many of you are ready to hear the word of the Lord? Uh, Amen. Praise God. Thank Hallelujah. You. So I want everybody to count their blessings and name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done for you. Amen. Instead of being grumpy and so forth like that, you know, just count your blessings. Hallelujah. Amen. And praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And you know the Bible says in Psalm 24, it said, in verse 7, it said, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and let the King of glory come in. There is something that you must do in order for the King of glory to come in. And that's for you to lift up your heads. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Don't be slouched over with defeat. <laughs> don't be grumpy and don't be whatever, you know, but you lift up your head with expectation. Amen. And God's going to do something for you. Amen. You know, and I've often said, you know, those little kids, you know, just look at them. Jesus said, except you be converted and become like a little child, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. And you see, when the little baby, when they want to be carried by the parent, they're lifting up their heads and they're lifting up their arms. How many of you know that's true? Amen. That's right. <laughs> you know, so you learn something from that. You lift up your heads. Amen. And you lift up your arms. And you praise the name of the Lord. And Amen. the King of glory will burst forth upon you. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord Amen. Jesus. Hallelujah. Count your blessings. Hallelujah. Name them one by one. Did you find it? Put it up if you found it. Count your blessings. Amen. Name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. I want us to stand to our feet Amen. as we sing this. And as we sing this, I'm going to invite Pastor uh, Julius to come forward and adore this song and he's going to bring the word of the Lord to us. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many See what God has done. Count your blessings. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your blessings. See what God Blessings, There is a verse in that song, Paul, that I want you to put up. That verse that said, angels will attend when you count your blessings. It should be verse 4 or something like that. I want you to put those words on the screen. When you count your blessings, this song said, angels will attend. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Now we, we started on Wednesday to talk about angels. 
And the Lord just reminded me of this song. Say, amid the conflict, whether great or small, do not be discouraged. God is over all. Count your many blessings, angels will attend. Help and comfort give you to your journey's end. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So that is what I've, I'm going to start my exhortation today from this testimony that I have. And then from there, and then from there, we're going to see, you can take it off now. Praise the Lord. Father, let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this hour. I just pray that you will give us some insight and minister to all of us, Lord. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. What I want to talk about, I say, I have a we are going to talk about angels. Ministry of angels. And that is one of them you just saw on the screen, that angels will attain when you are counting your blessings. Now, this is my testimony. Just yesterday, I was downcasted in a way because I had a property that I rented out and the tenant even though we are, we are struggling, the tenant won't pay the rent either. So it came to a point I decided, well, if you won't pay the rent, well, you know I'm paying mortgage, I'm paying this, I'm paying that, I'm paying the homeowner's association on this house. And the tenant won't pay the rent. Okay, well, just move so we can get somebody else in there. She, she didn't want to move, so we had to go and ask the court to evict her. So they gave her up to 14 to move, and she said, well, give me some, I, so we said, we'll give you some more days. Saturday will be the deadline, which is yesterday, and I will go there and get the key. Put the key somewhere here so I can get it. By the time I got there, they vandalized the property. I mean, vandalism. Almost like what you have heard in the, in the news of what you call the... Home, home, home market or housing market where when there was a repossession by the bank, people tried to steal everything. They steal dryers and steal everything out of the property. But this is not that case. This is somebody's house renting it out to you and because the court says you can't pay, move. And they are trying to steal the dryer that belongs to me, the refrigerator. Worse than that, there was a screen door. They tore out the screen door. Took it away. You know the screen door, the one that you have to... I was... You can imagine I was downcasted. And you know that even if you go to court, these people have no money to pay. How can you recover even those? Even if the court says you... Unless they put the fellow in jail, not so. So I had to call the police. That this is vandalism, this is stealing. And in fact, to make it worse, by the time I got to the property, they have already moved out, but everything was in in disarray there, what they left behind. And I got inside, she didn't leave the key. And I saw people upstairs, who is there upstairs? Some people are coming inside, neighbors, taking things out. I say, who are you guys? Oh, I'm the next door neighbor. The fellow, when she moved out, said we can take anything we like. So you guys are the one vandalizing, vandalizing this place. I'm calling the police on you. And they started saying, yeah, I just took this thing. I just took that thing. And I'm going to call the police on you guys. You think this is a bank-owned property that anybody can just come and take the dryer and take the washing machine and take the... It took almost two hours. The police came and gave me what called criminal damage. Well, you only can do that against the tenant who still have the keys. So after looking at all of those things, I came back home. I was kind of down. I said, Lord, Lord, what is this world come to be. I have been a renter myself. I never done anybody's property like this. And then the Lord reminded me that, hey, remember, I came to this country 1981 with just a suitcase. A suitcase. And now, the Lord not has only blessed me, he has blessed me to know that people are stealing from me and I'm not crying. All I said, well, I should be thanking the Lord for that. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Jacob, in the Bible, he mentioned the same thing. He said, 
oh God, I crossed this river Jordan with just my stick. So I came back, two companies with children and wives and cattle, thousands of cattle, he was giving them away. I said, thank you, Jesus. So that when the Lord reminded me of that yesterday, he said, count your blessings, angels will attain. So I said, amen. Praise the Lord. Now you will have to count your blessings. In the midst of conflict, whatever is your conflict, I want you to lift up your head, stand up and just say thank you, Jesus. Whatever you are going through, thank him for what he has done for you already. Thank you for thank him for what he has done for you in your life. Whatever you are going through, you are homeless, you are this or that. Thank him that you are alive and he has done great things for you. And then he will do more. He will do more. He will do more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Sing it. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, let's go on to the message. I said angels on an errand. That is the message for today. Actually, I'm going to, we have started this on Wednesday with the series. Trying to see the ministry of angels. That is what we are talking about today. And the Lord gave me something that we bless everybody that also will give us some warning. Warning. Amen? And that has to do with the fact that there are angels that in the Old Testament they were noted for bringing forth judgment. And those angels that brought judgment is what I'm going to talk about today. Just three or four stories in the Bible. And then we will compare with the New Testament. Just like in the book of Hebrew, the Bible said, God spoke to, to our fathers through the prophets in the olden days. But in this time, he has, he has spoken to us through his son, Jesus Christ. So in the, in the time we are in, the, is mercy. Mercy of God. But in the days of old, some of those angels, they brought judgment that made us to be careful. In fact, let's go to the Bible. Start from the story of Genesis chapter 19. Open with me to Genesis chapter 19. Let's see the story of the two angels that came to Sodom and Gomorrah. In Genesis chapter 19, I said they, in those days, the angels that we were, that were reported, that were recorded in the Bible, they were always associated, sometimes associated, not always, with judgment, of God upon mankind. Even from that one in Genesis chapter 3, after Adam and Eve offended, you know, you remember the story? And God drove them out of the garden. The Bible said God put two cherubims at the gate to protect the tree of life so that they couldn't come back. So part of Jehovah. And they, were, they were had flaming sword. Now we're not talking about that. Let's talk about this Genesis chapter 19. The two angels appeared in the house of in the in Sodom and Gomorrah and Lot. If you don't know the story, go read your Genesis chapter 19. So they came to the house of Lot and dwelled there because Lot invited them. They actually tried to say no, we're not going to we just stay in the streets. But Lot begged them or pleaded with them and they came in and took dinner in the house of Lot. And then the wicked people came by and Lord had to wrestle with those people until the angels let's read some Bible verses from verse 1 here and there came two angels to Sodom at even and Lord sat in the gate of Sodom and Lord seeing them rose up to meet them and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground and he said behold now my lords I pray you into your servant's house and tarry all night and wash your feet. Now, if you don't know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, you can read the old chapter. I'm not going to read the old chapter. It's going to take too long because I have some more stories we're going to read. But summary of it is, these angels, God sent them most of the time to bring judgment. 
when the iniquity of a city or a nation has been full. Verse 11 of that chapter, when the men of Sodom came by and demanded to see these two strangers, the Bible said they were, they were sodomites, meaning they were homosexuals, and they wanted to have homosexual thing with these two strangers because when they, when they became vile, they wanted anything, anything new in the town. That's what they want, whom they wanted to attack. The Bible said in verse 10, but the men, the angels, put forth their hand and pulled Lot into the house to them and shut the door. And they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves to find the door. So read the whole story. If you don't know, I'm just going to some Bible verses. This angel came, and then from there, the Lord began to realize that they were angels. After he took, after the angels smote the people at the door with blindness, then they told Lot that, gee, this place is bad, just like we have been told. And God said, I heard this news about Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm going to destroy the place. And Abraham, in the earlier chapter, tried to negotiate. And God said, well, if I can find 10 people, I will not destroy the place. Then the angels appeared in Sodom's house, in Sodom, in Lot's house. Now, after the men of Sodom have manifested whom they were, that they really were bad, the angels said, now we have our evidence. Verse 12, and the men said unto Lot, As thou hear any besides son-in-law, and thy sons, and thy daughters, and whatsoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place. For we will destroy this place, because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord. And the Lord has sent us to destroy it. Now, if you read the whole chapter, you notice that before that particular verse, there was no mention that they were angels. But Lord knew something was going to happen because of the Holy Spirit and because of the prayer of Abraham. So he was waiting for something. Then he saw these two men. And he was moved to go and invite them in. And he compelled them to come in. But the men of Sodom showed whom they were also. Now these two angels, they now told Lord that God has sent us to destroy this place. And you can read the rest of the story. They finally took Lord and his family out. The mercy of God he took them out. And there was the story of the Sodom and Gomorrah being destroyed with fire and hailstone from heaven. Now that is an example of what angels can do. Amen? Amen. But you say, well, that was Old Testament. Yeah, but these angels have not changed. Amen? Amen. You say, well, that was it. The angels have not changed. In fact, you can't say, well, they are now civilized now. No, they are still the same angels. God never changed. But you say, what has changed? Why is things like this not happening anymore? The mercy of God through Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? And we're going to talk about that in a few minutes and then wrap it up when we get to that one. Let's see another example of where angels manifested. In the story of Numbers, in the book of Numbers, chapter 22, we are told of a prophet called Balaam. Numbers chapter 22, if you have your Bible, open it with me. This prophet was not in Israel, but he was called a prophet of God anyway. And in this story, the Israelites have come from Egypt and they have come all the way to the borders of the place called Moab, another tribe. And this prophet Balaam was one of the, was not actually in Moab, but he was in the neighborhood of the Moabites. And he had a reputation that whenever he said something, it happened. Whenever he caused something, it caused. If he blessed something, it will be blessed. So they knew that God was with this prophet. So when the king, the king of that Moabite was called Balak, and the king heard about these Israelites, he knew that, gee, I can't, I don't have enough army to drive them out because they came like a like a band, if, you know. And he thought, gee, these people are going to just eat up all our land. We don't want them in our neighborhood. So he wanted to drive out the Israelites. He said, well, I don't have the army to do this. But he knew about this prophet, that if the prophet can just cause all of them, they will all just die. So he sent his, uh, his uh, servants to go call this Balaam, the prophet Balaam. 
with honor and with great uh, gifts and said, please come. There are some people that have come all the way from Egypt and they fill the whole place and I want you to come and curse them so they can all just die away and whatever is left I can, I can overtake by destroying them with my sword. And Balaam in verse, let's read verse 22 of Numbers chapter 22. So the king, Balak, came and told them about, sent to Balaam, and Balaam answered and said in verse 18, he said, if Balak will give me his house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond the word of the Lord my God to do less or more. Now, therefore, I pray you, tarry ye also here this night, that I may know what the Lord will say unto me more. When they came the first time, and Balaam asked God that, hey, the king of Balak, the king of Moab, Balak told me to come and call some people. And God said, no, don't go. Those are my people. They are not to be caused. So he told them, God will not let me go with you guys. So they went back and he didn't tell them what, why he won't go. He just told them, God won't let me. So Balak thought, well, if maybe I should send some more important dignitaries to him. So he sent some more important dignitaries and said, hey, I will promote you. Just come. So this is verse 22 that I am, verse 20 that I just read. And he was saying, well, even if this king is going to give me all that he has in his house, I'm not going to go beyond what God told me to do. Let me hear what God will say one more time. And that was where he started making his own mistake. But where I'm going in this story is verse 22. Because after, in verse 20, after he has talked to God again, God said, who are these people again? They came back. So they came back. I don't know why they came. He said, well, go with them. We can say that looked like sarcasm. Because well, if they come, go with them. And he went with them. And verse 22 says, And God's anger was kindled because he went. You may say, wait a minute, Brad Julius. Didn't you see God say, told him to go with them? And why is God angry again? Well, you know what sarcasm is? If you keep bothering me, and I say no, and you keep angry, I might say, well, go if you like. And that is what God meant in that story also. And Balaam jumped on his house and said, let's go, let's go. But God's anger was kind because he went. And this is where we are going. And the angel of the Lord, we are talking about how angels have been manifesting in the Old, the Old Testament. The angel of the Lord stood in the way of for an adversary against him. So he was going and the angel stood in his way, but he didn't see the angel. And that is an example here. If you don't know the story, read the old story later he was riding upon his ass and his two servants were with him but the ass saw the angel a donkey saw the angel but god didn't say he's a prophet could have seen but god is the one that controlled those anointing you may see you may not see if he wants you to see you will see so this balan prophet didn't see the angel but the lord opened the eyes of the donkey so he saw the angel and the angel finally spoke to Balaam in verse 32. Let's go to verse 32. After the donkey misbehaved two, three times, and Balaam was flogging the donkey, then God opened the mouth of the donkey to talk to this strange prophet. Verse 28, verse 28 is the one that said, What have I done unto thee that thou hast smitten me these three times? That was the donkey talking to Balaam. <laughs> and Balaam said, because thou hast mocked me, I would there were a sword in my hand, for now will I kill thee. So Balaam wanted to kill the ass for doing strange things on the road. You can read the old story, I don't want to go to it. I'm not talking about the story of the donkey, because those are just fun things to behold. But that an angel appeared to stop him on his way. And that is what we are pointing out. Our angels have manifested to us in the Old Testament, mostly for judgment or correction or rebuke. And now let's go to the, sec the third story we are going to talk about is the story of when John the Baptist was to be born. Now we are coming close to the New Testament. Zachariah, the father of John the Baptist, saw an angel in the temple. Let's read it. Luke chapter 1. You can, people ask us, do we, people still see angels in this, our generation? Yes. Yes. In fact, it reminded me of a story, maybe it was just a make-believe story, of one guy in the books when we were in the grade school, 
who told Siri that there's an angel in his house. And only the holy people can see that angel. And people lined up to come and see the angel. Well, if you are holy, you will see the angel. If you are not holy, you won't, he won't let you see him. And the reverend, the pope, or the whatever they call him, the pope, the bishop, came by. And people said, the reverend bishop is here. He must see the angel. Because he, he was expected to be the holiest person in town. But the reverend came inside and they, when he was coming out, did you see the angel? You want the reverend to say he's not holy? So he said, yeah, I saw him. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But he didn't see anything. <laughs> but he didn't want to confess that he didn't see anything. So he has to make them know that, oh, he's the, if the president or the mayor come in to see the angel and this, this man said, I can see him. Can you see him? Well, he has to say, well, uh, yeah, I must be holy. If, I'm not, if I say I didn't see him, it means that he, the man is right, I'm not holy. So that's, that's one thing to think about. But you see, here is an example. Priests have been going in and out of this temple. And by the way, angels are surrounding us here. This is not whether you are holy or not. You, if they want you to see them, if the Lord wants you to see them, he can open your eyes. If you can open the eyes of the donkey, not because the donkey was holier, holier than Balaam. God does what he wills. Amen? Amen. So, but he said, we, we at this end time, not only at this end time, all over the years, the angel of the Lord encamps on about them that fear him. That fear him. That's all you need to do. And he delivered them. So every one of us, angels are surrounding us. In this place, we are surrounded by angels. In fact, the Bible is going to, we're going to go to that verse in the moment. So it's not whether we're hiding you see them, maybe I must be not holy. No, it's, that's something to do with your holiness. It's whether God wants you to see them or not. Amen. If he wants you to see them, you will see them. You may be as, as dirty as the donkey. If he wants you to see them, you will see them. But sometimes maybe you don't want to see them for your own good. Amen. That's what we are trying to see right here in this Zacharias story. In the story of Zechariah here in Luke chapter 1, this priest, an old man, maybe when he was young, he has prayed for a baby and his wife, Elizabeth. They have prayed for years and perhaps they've given up. They are now in their old age. No more hoping for any baby. And he was a priest. Every time they, say, they go through his, their turn, it was his turn to go into the temple and make incense. And just go around the altar and put incense in the holiest of and then come out. But this particular day, he went in there, and as he was doing the incense, he said, There was an angel standing on the altar. An angel standing on the altar. That's what the Bible said here. Let's read it. Luke chapter 1. Verse 6, let me read from verse 6. This is talking about Zechariah and his wife. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. And they had no child, because that Elizabeth was barren. And they both were now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, According to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John, and thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. 
Now Zacharias was going to answer back. When you, like I just said, he has he, now an old man. They have prayed for a long time. Maybe they gave up praying. You may have something you also have prayed about for years. I have some. And you have believed God that the Lord is going to do this. You have, and there are many things, many of us in this congregation perhaps have prayed. Perhaps pray for somebody we love, that the Lord will raise her up from wheelchair or deliver her from this sickness. Years have come by, we could have seen dreams and visions about this, that it's going to happen. And time is just rolling by, like this man. They gave up praying. But remember, some of the prayers of the saints, this is just by the way, they were kept in vows or golden vows, Bible said, before God. At the time, it may be your turn. Amen? So it was the turn of this Zacharias, and the angel appeared and told him about this good news. But he said, like any human being, they have given up on praying for this thing. Even Abraham, you remember the story of Abraham? He prayed and prayed when he was young, no hope. Then they walked out something. No, Sarah said, well, let's go this way. And they did that, Ishmael was born. So you can say Abraham was kind of satisfied. Man, no, womanly thinking. He was kind of, he, was, he had given up on that other promise. Or maybe this is the promise. That was what Sarah said. Maybe this is the way the Lord will do it. It could have been me. That was what Sarah told Abraham. So, but 25 years passed since that promise. And God came one day and said, Abraham, Sarah is going to have a baby. When they were now 100 years old. So you can see why Sarah laughed. And Sarah was not there. Remember, they said the angels came. They were eating with Abraham, was washing them. And Sarah was in the tent. She has not showed her face to them. And the Lord was talking to Abraham, the angel. They came like angels. Say, where is Sarah, your wife? So behind you in the tent. So Sarah will have heard her name. So she was listening. I said, well, in about this time, next year, according to the time of life, Sarah will be having a baby. Sarah laughed. You know why she will laugh? Hey, maybe if this man has seen my face, he would have changed his mind and said, oh, I didn't know it's that old. That's just my way of imagining it. Because he said, ah, am I going to have fun now that I'm 90 years old and my Lord Abraham was already passed, which means perhaps they have not been sleeping together for years. So that was what she meant, and she perhaps would have said, well, if this man see my face with all these wrinkles, she would have thought otherwise. So, but the Lord said, why did she laugh? That trembled her. How did you know I was laughing? Because she was not laughing out, laughing in. So the angel of the Lord, amen? So that was the same story. You can compare that with Zechariah. Maybe he was not that old, Zechariah, but in their generation, when they are 70, they were too old. because. You can remember the story of uh, David. David said, the days of our years is 70 years. If by strength you are 80, you almost have given up. And this is what we can think of when Zechariah said, well, how will this be when I'm already old and my wife is already old? That was his question. But we are talking about the angels. They have their mood of their own. Amen? And here is what the angels told Zechariah in verse 19. I remember telling this to a friend of mine when we were Catholic. I saw a friend of mine there, he was carrying the rosary. A friend of mine there, I saw him with the rosary as he was carrying the rosary. I said, there was a day in those days when I was knowing not Jesus, that I was also carrying the rosary, Catholic rosary, and praying about this thing. But Jesus Christ can save you and show you the true way. Amen? So Zechariah said, well, I'm old, and the angel spoke. He said, Verse 19, and the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel, that stand in the presence of God. You can imagine that the, the angel was almost like beating his chest and saying, are you doubting me? I'm not just any angel, I am Gabriel. Amen. Amen. So you perhaps want to say, hey, I, want, I don't want to, uh, maybe I shouldn't see some angels. Maybe I better be, be satisfied to be a human being. Amen. Because that angel said, what a minute, I am Gabriel, that stand in the presence of God. 
And I'm sent to speak unto thee and to show thee these glad tidings. Okay, behold, thou shalt be dumb and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed. Because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. Amen? So that's why I say in those days, sometimes the angels, you will be saying, Lord, thank you, I'm satisfied to be a human being. No wonder the Jews in the days when the Lord thundered from the Mount Zion, they told Moses, you go listen to God. We want to be far away because they were terrified. Praise the Lord. But the angels in this generation, if you are one of the people that believe that you are going to go meet Jesus in the sky, how many wants to be that? You want to go in the rapture? Let me see your hand. Say, I desire to be one of them to go meet the Lord Jesus Christ in the sky and live with him forever from now on. Well, if you desire that, you are going to be living with angels. That's what you desire. We're going to go and live with angels. So then they have to be ministering and manifesting to us now. Not so. They should, we should be we should be familiar with them now. We should be rubbing soldiers with soldiers if we are going to be living with them over there. That's what I expect. Unless you think we're still by and by in another 1,000 years. I don't think so. I believe the Lord is coming soon. Amen? Amen. If you believe the Lord is coming soon, you should be seeing angels now. Amen? Because he is the one that is the king of the angels and the God of the saints. So that is one of the things that we have to say, well, we better straighten our ways and make sure we, our ways is upright so that we can begin to fellowship with these angels. Amen. And like I said, the angels in the Old Testament, they were full of judgment. Another story in the book of First Chronicles is another story I'm going to point out here that talks about angels manifesting the wrath of God or using the, the sword against the sword of judgment. In 1 Chronicles chapter 21, it's another story of King David when he did something wrong by numbering the Israelites. He conducted a census, as we call it. And the Bible said the wrath of God was kindled against David. 1 Chronicles chapter 21, verse 15 is what I'm going to read. After David has realized what he has done and God told him that choose which of these you want these three things and he shows that it's better to fall into the hands of the Lord and into the hands of men. So the Bible said in verse 15 and God sent an angel. In fact, verse 14 said the Lord sent pestilence upon Israel and the affair of Israel 70,000 men, pestilence now, what does pestilence mean? And the story tells us in verse 15, God sent an angel. So when there's pestilence in the land, they might call it some viruses killing people, they might call it some bacteria, some germs, whatever it is, by the doctors. But it could be, this is how it happened. God sent an angel. So, you can see how those things happen. But the Bible just gave us this story. The angel came with a sword. God sent an angel unto Jerusalem to destroy it, and he was destroying the Lord. As he was destroying, the Lord beheld, and he repented him of the evil, and said to the angel that he destroyed, It is enough. Stay now thy hand. And the angel of the Lord stood by the threshing floor of Onan the Jebusite. Verse 16. And David lifted up his eyes and saw the angel of the Lord stand between the earth and the heaven, having a drawn sword in his hand stretched out over Jerusalem. Then David and the elders of Israel who were clothed in sackcloth fell upon their faces. So we're talking about angels sometimes they manifest just for the wrath of God. That was another example in the Old Testament. We say, what about the angels in the Old Testament that do anything great that we can talk about? There are angels. All over the Bible we are full of stories of angels. There was a place in the Bible where they said the angel of God came from Gilgal, just how you didn't know he was an angel, and he came and spoke to the congregation. Well, maybe they just reported it. Maybe they saw something flying in the air, we don't know. But they say he came all the way, he rose up from Gilgal, came to meet them wherever they are gathering. And then he spoke to them. 
and they say he was an angel of the Lord. So, but all those in those, we, we, were, we are going through a series, so we are, I'm not going to go through the another section later where we describe what are the categories of angels. Why, why do we know they are angels? When they appear, they will appear just like you and me. Like a human being. How do you know it's an angel? Until something happened. Maybe it disappeared. Or it just went into the smoke. Many stories like that where they saw the angel, he just came like an ordinary prophet. They could tell that he always looked like a rabbi in, the, in their own generation. They would think he looked like a reverend. It, they, don't, they are not dressing differently from the Israelites. But when he came by and then he told them what is happening, what God said, and the, like the story of Gideon, he just saw the young, an elderly man came by and sat down and told him that, hey, you are a man of strong, no? you're, you're man, of, no, man of full strength, and why don't you go and do this thing? And I said, yeah, I can do it, I, I'm this and that. And the angel said, I will send you to go and do that. He didn't know it was an angel, he just thought it was a, a prophet, perhaps, an holy man of God, the way he looked. Until he told him that, well, let me bring some offerings. He said, well, if you want to bring, go ahead, I will stay. So he went and brought something and said, he wanted him to eat. He said, no, just put them on this rock and pour the oil on it. And the angel had a, a staff in his hand. He touched the meat with the staff and the smoke came out. That got his attention. Wow. And then the angel went into the smoke and disappeared. Then he knew that that was an angel. So what I'm saying is that angels, they can be just you and me. And I'm going to give you some few stories of, of, of nowadays that you can say, could that be an angel? It could be. What I mean is, see the person just help me out. Or somebody else, see the person just help you out. It could be the way the Lord will send an angel on your way. Amen. Angels are everywhere too. Not that, and in this generation, those are not going to be the ones that bring in judgment to mankind. See, God can do anything he wants to do. But let me go now to the story of in, this, in the book of Hebrews chapter 12, as I'm going to wrap it up, let's look at what the Bible says about our generation. I say in the early days, it's all judgment, full of judgment when angels appear to Israelites. Something most likely is going to happen, or terrible things. In fact, they were thinking when they saw an angel that they were going to die. When the, the father and mother of Samson, Manuel, when he saw an angel, they thought they were going to die because they were seeing angels only, only, only for judgment. But now, like I say, in the New Testament, God has sent us mercy through Jesus Christ. That is why in Hebrews chapter 12, start from verse 18, here is what the Bible tells us. He said in verse 18 that even though in the Old Testament we talk about angels for judgment, he said we in this generation, we have we are not come unto the mound that might be touched like the Mount Zion, or that born with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest, which the Israelites perhaps were not able to stand. Last night. And the sound of a trumpet and the voice of wolves, which voice they that heard, entreated that the world should not be spoken to them anymore. For they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with that. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. That was when God appeared on Mount Sinai. And you can tell, if God was on Mount Sinai, all the fiery things that were going on could be presence of angels. They were not seeing angels, they just saw, saw fire and everything. And everything was quaking. And people assume that is how it should be. If you see, if you tell somebody, I saw an angel, they thought, no, you didn't fall down. No, it depends. They might want to fall down. You may not want to fall down. It depends on how they manifest. Or it depends on the angel you saw. Because they have different categories. Like Gabriel said, I am Gabriel. I stood before God. So, and you can see another angel that is not that high caliber. But when God appeared on Mount Sinai, Apostle, Apostle Paul, I believe, wrote this Hebrew. He said all those terrible things were taking place. And Moses himself said, I exceedingly fear and quake. He said, but now in our generation, verse 22, ye are come unto Mount Zion, not Mount Zion now, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. Now, watch this. He said, unto an innumerable company of angels. So you think angels are not here? They are innumerable and they are accompanying us. 
Amen. Amen. So you are surrounded by angels even now in our own generation. That is what I want to point out to you. But it does not mean that the angels can't bring judgment anymore. No. We are in the days of grace of Christ and mercy of God. That is true. And the angels are still helping us. They are helping us. In fact, the Bible said they were sent to minister for us. Which means if the Lord gives you permission, you can send them on errands. If you know Amen. the name to send or call. Or perhaps if the Lord wants you to do that. But they are here ministering to us, ministering for us. He said, we have come into something bigger than what they experienced on Mount Zion. On Mount Zion. We are on Mount Zion now, the city of the living God. Now verse 23 says, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn. So you are in the assembly of the church of the firstborn, the Lord Jesus Christ. Which are written in heaven. And to God, the judge of all. And to the spirits of just men made perfect. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. And to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Now, verse 25, he said, See that ye refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escape not, who refuse him that speak on earth? Much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. Amen? So that is the one here we're going to leave ourselves with and then invite you to come and surrender to him that is speaking to us from heaven. Apostle Paul is saying, in those days, they never escape if they refuse what God was talking through Moses on earth. See that you refuse not him that speaketh, for if they escape not, who refuse him that speak or not, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. Whose voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. So God is shaking the earth and the heaven because at this end of the world, Satan himself will be cast out of heaven, out of the sky. And it's going to be under the feet of the saints. And like I said, this is the end of the age. Christ is coming soon. We are surrounded by angels. We are in the company of innumerable company of angels. That's what the Bible told us here. But now you have to know that this is our God in verse 29. He says, a consuming fire. But we are in the days of grace. The grace of God. That is making his mercy to extend to you and to me. Amen? Amen. So if you have not experienced that Jesus who has brought us this grace, that made this thing available, it's almost like saying you brought it closer to us, he provided this thing free of charge. He wants you now to come and experience it. You say, well, you told me that angels are surrounding me, they are watching over me, they are helping me. Yes. But you know something, if you are living in your sin, you never repent, you are just doing the same old stuff, they kind of withdraw, kind of avoid. In fact, there was a vision I saw one time where angels, uh, angels, I saw these angels in that vision, and they were talking about a place. I said, they're not going there. But I said, where angels dare to go? Why? Because of the corruption that was going in that place. Evil that was going, and the angels, they said, they're not going there. Why? Because if they go there, they bring judgment. Because when God cannot be all evil, how much more the angels that he has created are about him. So they will avoid it. So if you are in your sin and you continue to dwell in that iniquity, they avoid you. But if you have repented and called on Christ so that you are purged by his blood, then they move and surround you and minister for you. So then that is when these blessings of angels surrounding you, angels protecting you, angels guiding over you. The Bible said they are surrounding the righteous and they are surrounding the, even the little ones that have no that have innocence. Those are all the promises of God in the Bible. And I'm inviting you right now to come and give your life and surrender your life to Christ. If you have not done so before and you want the Lord, the King of the angels himself, to minister to you, to remove all the sin, because Christ is the one that is able to take, he has already taken it away, but you have to acknowledge it. Accept him as your Lord and Savior. Ask Jesus to purge you clean. Not a reverend, maybe like I talk of a, a Catholic friend that I saw behind me. He would have gone to the priest and say, I have done this, I have done that, I want to repent. That is not the right way. You have to tell Jesus and let Jesus Christ take the sin away from you. 
And then the angels will minister to you. Amen? So let's stand up to our feet. Let's stand up to our feet. He said, you have not come to Mount... You have not come unto Mount Zion, unto the sea, unto the... Uh, you have not come to the, unto the mountain that burns with fire, which is Mount Sinai. He said, but you have come unto Mount Zion, the city of God, where we are, we are fellowshipping with the innumerable company of angels. And I'm asking you right now, if you are not fellowshipping with those angels, because you are still living in your sin, you have not surrendered your life to Christ, and you want to experience Jesus today, this is your time. Invitation, inviting you to come forward and let's pray with you. Come forward, let's pray with you so that the Lord can minister to you and wash your sins away. You need to give your life to Christ and be born again. And this is your time to come forward, let's pray with you. Because the angels are surrounding us. They minister for us. They help us. They provide for us. And in fact, they will, they, will, they will speak to your heart sometimes. When the Lord allows them, they will manifest to you. You have come to a to the, place, to, the, to the city of the living God, Mount Zion, innumerable company of angels, and to the general assembly of the church of the firstborn. That is, we are in the church of Jesus Christ, the church of the firstborn Christ, the firstborn of God. And that's why we are inviting you to come and fellowship with this Christ, who is the only beginning, the beginning and the end, the only potentate. And he wants you to accept him as your Lord and Savior so that he can pour your sins away. Then you can begin to fellowship with angels as we are talking. How many wants to give their life to Christ? This is your time. Come forward. Just step forward into the, into the place. We are going to just pray with you. If you, are, if you want to rededicate your life, maybe you have seen that yeah, you have some things. I will say, well, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. The Bible says, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. If you have something that is making you withdraw your spirit, you know that you can't even stand before God. How much more an angel? You need to rededicate. Come forward, we just pray with you. Come to the altar and let's pray with you. The Lord is available. We say the Lord is at hand. Just come forward and we pray with you. Because the Lord is good to us. His mercy is everlasting. Sometimes he says it's our iniquity, it could be our sins, it could be any offense, anything we have done wrong could make us not to have the free access. Free access to come before the throne of grace, like the Bible said. Come boldly before the throne of grace. But if you have something in your heart, it could be unforgiveness. It could be some things you have done wrong to somebody, you know you did it wrong. But you need to confess it to him who died for you. Like the scriptures told us in a place in the book of Second Corinthians, chapter 5, that he died for all, so that we who live should not henceforth live for ourselves. We should live for him who died for us and rose again. So if you are not living for him, you are not living for him. If you have done something purposefully, did something wrong, you are now being convicted in your spirit that you did something wrong. Then you want to ask him whom you should be living for because he has already laid his life for you he died for you now you are to live for him if you are if you are falling short in any form just come to the throne of grace and ask the lord to forgive you and he will forgive you he has already forgiven you but until you really acknowledge that your conscience and the devil will whisper into your mind not letting you rest. but when you clear your conscience by saying now i have told the lord who has already forgiven me then you are free to go go and sin no more that's what the lord told that woman so we're going to pray for you and if you personally have some request you have been praying for the lord just told me to ask this to add this to it if you have some request you have been praying for a particular request for years like we just mentioned that of Zacharias, he gave up but the prayers were stored in heaven. And when it was time, God sent an angel. Maybe your angel is about to manifest, but perhaps you want us to pray along with you. You can come forward, let's just pray along with that. I'm just going to pray a general prayer for everyone that comes forward. You have a prayer request, you have put it in the hand of the Lord, you have prayed about it, and you trusted God, and it looked like it's not forthcoming. It's just not forthcoming. The Lord said, well, come forward, we just bless you too, and ask the Lord, send this angel, and the angel will manifest to you at this time. The Lord is able to do these things. He is the Lord of all the earth. He can do what he promised to do. 
Sometimes it could be ignorance. Like we know the story of Daniel. The angel was dispatched from heaven. The angel told Daniel, he said, from the day you started talking, you started praying, you started forging yourself before your God, your prayer was heard and I am sent. He said, but 21 days, another spirit called the Prince of Persia. So we laid me 21 days. So maybe that's your case. Maybe it's an, another evil spirit was willing, delaying that angel from manifesting and giving that miracle. It could be. The Lord is not saying that is it, but it could be. So then you need a deliverance. He said, Lord, Michael came to say these things to you. So you might need another reinforcement from heaven. That may be what you need, a reinforcement from heaven. And that is exactly what we are praying for, Father. And the Lord will minister to you. Reinforcement from heaven. Michael, the archangel himself, to come and break through for you. Many times the Lord has done that, that he will manifest himself through another, through another bigger angel that will clear the way for the message that was sent. Your gift, your miracle that you have been waiting for to manifest to you. And it will manifest. Just trust the Lord. But don't give up like Zechariah. Giving up make people to die when this thing manifests. Just keep on believing like Abraham. The Bible says he believed against hope. Against hope that what God promised is able to fulfill, even though it looked like where well, something has been done, looked like partially something has been done, but he believed. So continue to believe. Don't give up. Continue to believe. And the Lord himself, the God of the angels himself, he will send the angel of his presence to minister for you, to break through for you. We believe he is going to do it. So you trust him and don't give up on him. You talk to the Lord yourself, just talk to him. Whatever is the reason that you have come forward, you want to give your life to him, tell him, Jesus, I want to become yours from today. Or you have prayed for something, it has not manifested for years. Look like it's no hope anymore. But if you are believing, keep on believing. You know God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Now just tell him, Lord, I am still waiting for that promise. And I know you can do it. Just tell him by your own mouth. Because he is here listening to us. He hears you. He knows the groanings of your heart. And he will grant the desires of your heart. He said he will, he will perform the, the words of his servants. And as our brother pray for you, and I'm going to pray general prayer for all of you. Then, then we, the Lord will fulfill thy petition. It's what the Bible said to us. The angel of his presence, he will, send, he will send his angel to go before you. Abraham, when he was sending his servant to go find a wife for his son Isaac, looked like impossible to go all the way to Mesopotamia. Suppose the woman will not come with me. And Abraham told his servant, he said, the God whom I serve, who sent me over to this place, he will send his angel before you to make it happen. You have to believe that the Lord is able to do exceeding abundance. Above all that you ask or think, he will send his angel before you to make it happen, to, to work for you. It's what the Bible says. The minister for us. And then you can also begin to command that angel, the angel of God's presence, to do what you prefer, what you desire, that they will make it happen. That's what they do. They make it happen. The Lord is still using the angels up to today. And when we go in the rapture, it will be angels lifting us or carrying us out of here. Chariots of fire came for Elijah. He saw horses of fire. What do you think those horses were? Angels manifesting in the form of horses. And God has millions, millions of them. Chariots of fire. Angels to defend us. Angels to protect. Angels to go forth and bring forth what you are asking for. 
financial miracle. Maybe the devil has been blocking your way. And you have been praying for something, miracle in form of finance, your business, or promotion. And it looks like something is hindering your success. You may be suspecting somebody that this man didn't like me, that manager didn't like me. It may not be the manager. We fight spiritual warfare. See, uh, see uh, we do not fight, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. They may manifest in the form of that manager, that co-worker, that friend. They didn't like me, they didn't allow my things to manifest. They didn't promote me. But you trust in the Lord. Command that the Lord send his angels to make a way. And you'll be surprised that sometimes that man that didn't want you promoted may suddenly be fired, transferred, over above, away from your head. And then there comes your promotion. Financial breakthrough. Your business that seems to have been blocked. The Lord sends angels and they make a way. Jacob gave us that story. His angel told him that all these cattle will now be producing exactly what you want. Ring straight, striped cattle. And it was so. Angel of the Lord, go forth and make it happen. So that is the prayer. Father, I pray for all the people that have come forward, Lord. We commit them to your hand, Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we bless them, every one of them, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Touch them, Lord Jesus. Let your name, O Lord, be glorified. As you send your angels to minister to them, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Give your heart to Jesus. Tell Jesus that, Jesus, I love you. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Tell him. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. You died for me on the cross. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. From today, Lord, give me your Holy Spirit. Help me to walk in the newness of life. Let me sin no more. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Provide for him, Lord Jesus, and give him victory and miracle in everything that you desire. Thank you, Jesus, for our sister here, Lord Jesus. Grant the desires of our heart, Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever has been blocked, we command it to be to be removed. Every blockage, Lord God, be removed from our life in the name of Jesus Christ. Let the desires of our heart be granted in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, thank you, Lord Jesus, for providing for her. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, for making a way for her. Send your angel, Lord Jesus, to guide her, to protect her, to make a way for her, to break through for her in the name of Jesus Christ. In all that she desires from the Lord, let her, let her prayers be answered in the name of Jesus Christ. The Lord grant thy petition in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. He said, He shall give His angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Then thou shalt tread upon the lion and other. The young lion and dragon shall thou trample under feet. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Clap for Jesus. Just clap for Jesus. Bless his holy name. He is the king of the angels, the God of the saints, the everlasting father, the prince of peace, the rose of Sharon, the one that was and is and is to come, the almighty. He said, behold, he said, I'm alive forevermore. And he says something. One more thing. One more thing the Lord said I should remind you of. What did the Lord tell us? He said, those that will be accounted worthy among human beings to attain to that resurrection which shall be what as angels amen so you can begin to see yourself as an angel of god and that is to make you happy that we are going to be like angels in the end doing wonders for god isn't that wonderful thank the lord for it that you are called to that glory just thank him for it you say what will happen to those who did not accept jesus they will be in the lake of fire forever and ever. But we shall be as angels doing the work for God like the angels are doing right now for you and for, and for us. Amen. Let's stand up and just bless the Lord and wrap it up.
Any other announcement, Pastor? Any other announcement? Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Lord for that wonderful message. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We're going to close the service in just a minute. I want to remind you, in case you came late, this weekend, starting on Friday, is our monthly consultation.